just so you just know. So you know. You kick it, man, okay. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, oh, oh let's go. Let's go. It's time to turn up your radio. Hey, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in to the Kicking It with K Marie podcast. Of course, I'm your girl, K Marie, and welcome. So, for those of you who are watching us for the first time, just to let you know what we are about. We are a podcast for the culture. Here you receive advice, you lit, you laugh, you learn, you think. Okay. I have the best of the best coming on the show. Um, ex- experts to um to in their field to give you what you need so we can grow as a community. Again, I know I have a lot of um non um people of color that watch and subscribe to um our show. So I thank you for doing that. And I know that even though this particular podcast is for my culture, I know that the information that is given, you receive it as well. So thank you. And so for those who are, again, who are watching us for the first time, if you have not subscribed, if you have not followed us, what you waiting for? Go ahead and do that. You know, we stream on every streaming platform such as um. Pandora, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Podcast Addict, all streaming services except for Tidal. Y'all know why. Okay. <laughs> but thank you so much. So, um, and if you want to watch the podcast, you know that we have a Instagram page and a Facebook page. And the handle is at K Marie Podcast. Okay. I'm going to have a um, something at the bottom of the screen for those who are watching. So you will um, see the um, where we stream and you'll see um, our Facebook page and then you'll see how to connect with us. OK, so I'll do that in a second. And, you know, this is a brand new month, which means that we are doing a brand new series. So it is March. And for March, we just doing a series called Family Matters because there are. Family do family matters. It really does. And I just want to hit certain aspects of the family unit um, as a community that we need to talk about. And today is no different. So we're going to kick it off today with someone who I've known for a very long time. And this is um, her first time on my podcast. Um, I was a part of another podcast that you all know of. And um, she was my guest over there a few times. So, but this is her first time over here. And so I just want you guys just to welcome her with open arms. I know that you will. So my guest today is Patsy Herndon. Uh, She is a licensed professional counselor uh, with over eight years of experience. She works with all ages and um, with all diagnoses from bipolar to borderline personalities. She believed that if a person can change the way they think, they can change their behaviors. So help me welcome Patsy. Hey, Patsy. Hello, (laughs) everyone. Hey, hey. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I find the (laughs) honor to be here. Oh, I thank you so much because you, like I was just telling um, those who might be watching for the first time, I like to bring on people who really know their stuff. 
and you know your stuff and you are very passionate about what you do. You can tell and you can tell that this is just something that you were called to do. And I just thank you for coming on here and getting ready to share with everyone that is listening to us about this particular subject. Yes. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, but, <laughs> but before we get into that particular subject, everybody knows that season three, we have been um, doing something a little bit different. And it is called What in the World? So let me show my little, my little cheesy graphic here. Bam. <laughs> What in the world? So what in the world is basically is different stories around the world or even national. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some crazy stories odd that make you say, what in the world? And today I found a story. Uh, it was uh, from UPI.com. And on February 24th, it was published. <laughs> it says, New York doctors remove a tooth growing inside a man's nose Mm -hmm. seriously what in the world (laughs) (laughs) right so just real briefly it says doctors at a new york hospital said a man who came in complaining of difficulty breathing through his right nostril was found to have a tooth growing in his nasal cavity um, the doctor discovered that he had a deviated septum, a condition, a condition in which the partition between the nasal passage is pushed to one side and the rhino, um, rhino, rhinoscopy conducted with a small camera discovered the cause, a tooth growing on the floor of the right nostril. Oh my gosh. What in the world is that all about? For a few years, just a tooth just growing. I can't even imagine. I mean, I know that, like, you know, with different um pictures that you've seen, and I hate seeing these to make my skin crawl like these <laughs> pictures of like these tumors and stuff that people have, yes. and it's like hair and teeth growing. That's yeah. just all oh, that freak, that freaks me out, <laughs> and, uh, but. And- I just couldn't imagine because I can only imagine like when you know your wisdom tooth is growing in in the back and that painful tension if it's going yes. in your nostril in your nostril oh my That's, god yeah so he's that fine now crazy. you know they removed it he can he's better he can breathe better better but that's just that's that's weird. That is like what what do we need to do to make sure another tooth don't grow in my nostrils? That's what I'd be trying right. to figure out. Right. Like, and how did it get there in the first place? That's <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, oh everyone. So yeah. So again, today um we're gonna be talking about and kicking off a new series, Family Matters. And I reached out to Patsy. I might slip and call her Pam, y'all, because I, I know her as Pam. <laughs> For many years, <laughs> many, many years, but I reached out to Patsy and I, I wanted her to speak on kids and dealing with or not dealing with um, trauma, their own trauma and how the family unit is affected um, if it's not, you know, um, handled. Right. 
professionally. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I want to just give the credentials. I have worked with adolescents for many, many years and very intense, emotionally, behaviorally disturbed adolescents um, for many years. And so I know that especially in our culture, uh, mental health, the stigma is decreasing lately, but it's still there. And yeah. prior to recently, it was really a high stigma that it was like the elephant in the room that no one addressed. Mm. And I've noticed in the, if you, you know, just in the news uh, with Regina King, her uh, son committing yes. suicide at 26 and then Miss USA, you know, you've yeah. been noticing a lot of people of color um, behaving. Yeah, suicide, yeah. which represent there was a mental disorder yeah. there you know and so uh they are starting to speak out a little bit more because we're starting to see the effect of it being swept under the rug so a lot of parents you know they don't even in our culture don't look at some of the signs that says something is you know something's not quite right with my baby i need to go and get it checked out and so um some of those i'm just gonna it's plenty signs but some some signs i want you to parents to pay attention to, to just be educated on some of those signs, you know, feeling like the child is feeling like they're in terror or in constant fear, mm -hmm. um, and which is anxiety, depression, like nightmares, like constant nightmares. They could be dealing with some PTSD and you're like, oh, they never got raped. They never got beat. But trauma comes from neglect, car accidents, grandma, grandpa dying suddenly, that's all trauma for a child. Um, changing their eating habits, eating less, eating more, not really wanting to spend time with their friends, trouble um, forming attachment relationships. Like they they really don't attach to grandma, mommy, daddy, siblings, friends. They have no attachment. Difficult trusting other people, difficult concentrating or, or paying attention. Um, and also a regression in skills that they have mastered. For example, mm. if you are a, um, a nine-year-old and you, you master two-digit math mathematics and you act like you can't even add one plus two, that's a sign mm. something's going on. Or um, poor academic performance, you know, heart pounding, vomiting, you know, a, a such as their bladder can't control their urine that they're constantly urinating on themselves. That could mm -hmm. be a sign of some sexual abuse. Um, definitely substance use and substance abuse is a big sign that there's a mental disorder or trauma. Um, enjoying sexual activities and being promiscuous, like your 15 year old just going out there and just having sex with anybody, that's mm -hmm. a sign. Definitely risky behavior. Um, driving 60 miles per hour in a 20 more, 20 pound, 20 mile per hour area. Mm -hmm. Just those risky behaviors are all signs. Those are signs that we might just say, oh, they're just being teenagers. Oh my God, mm -hmm. that's just a kid. They don't really, but we have to sit back. I'm not saying the first sign you see that as parents, okay, let me take you to, let me sign you up for a psychiatrist. Let me find you a therapist. You sit back and observe. You start to notice, is this a pattern? Is this something else going on? Are they doing this in other places? Is this just at home or, you know, talk to the teachers. Are they presenting these type of behaviors at, at school as well? And then when you start to see a pattern, you start to see things are, hmm, this is constant. Talk to your child like, you know, 
I, I, I've been noticing ABCD and F, and it's just concerning to me. I just want us to go talk to somebody to make sure we're healthy as a family um, and send your child to go talk to somebody because mm-hmm. you're not the professional. You don't know right. anything. You just know something ain't right with my baby. Right. So, Patsy, just before you really, really get into the meat, um, you know, and I know we take a lot of things for granted, like, oh, people should know this. But just in case, just can you just give us a definition of you kind of briefly did, but just a definition of trauma. Okay. Yes. Trauma is anything, anything, any situation that a person may experience that brings a negative effect. So it could be, as I said briefly earlier, a sudden death of a close grandparent, a car accident. It brings terror and fear um, that they might experience. It could be the neglect of a parent, the abandonment of a parent, of obviously physical abuse. Um, There could be uh, sexual abuse. I have even poverty is a trauma. Mm -hmm. There is, um, I, I, I supervise uh, clinicians that's trying to get licensed. And mm-hmm. one of my cases, consultations with my supervisee was a child that was de- dealing with poverty trauma. And his trauma mm-hmm. is his mom always had him in lack. Like he lacked the name brand shoes, mm-hmm. lacked food, lacked the car, lacked the place to stay. And then attached to that poverty was bullying. Because you don't have mm-hmm. the shoes that everybody else have. You don't have the clothes. And so he has such a fear of lacking that he will work. He's in high school, go to high school and work 20, 30 hours a week if he has Mm -hmm. to. So he won't lack. But his trauma is probably he's afraid that he will lose, lose what he has. He's afraid that he'll lack again. So it's trauma. You know what you say that it's a lot of people, too, that I hear that I follow and stuff like that um, who are, you know, they're, they're well off. But they have this. They have this issue. They they say that, and they even acknowledge that they can have. Like I said, they can be rich, wealthy, whatever. But they still have that mindset. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have that fear. I had a friend that grew up property, and she is a engineer at the big three. So you know, she knows oh. she's making well <laughs> over well over six figures. Mm-hmm. But she was afraid to spin. Mm. And you know, because you work hard, you you know, you deserve a few yeah, you work hard, play hard. You That's work hard, mind. you know. But she was afraid to spend because she thought she was going to go back to being on assistance and getting food mm. assistance. And you know, that is a mindset that's called dealing with your trauma. And you have to work on getting grounded that you're not in that place anymore. Like you're in a safe place right now, so you can make a right now decision instead of yeah. still being that. 12 year old or that six year old that was, you know, scrapping for some oatmeal because you that's yeah. all you had in the home, you know. So that's any negative event that occurred to you that negatively impacted your life. So how early can a child exhibit that something is wrong with them? A child can exhibit as early as as early as three years old. I've had mm-hmm. a three, four year old patient. Now the signs look different the symptoms look different in a child than it does in an adult a child might cry a lot that three-year-old might cry a lot the three-year-old might be clingy a lot you might why you can't sleep in your own room you're always coming in my room that's that could be a sign of trauma for a child Um, a child could be that they're urinating on themselves constantly 
and you know I potty trained you. I know you know what you're doing, but that yeah, could be if, a it's, sign. if it's not a medical issue. Yeah, exactly. If it's not yeah. a medical, that's what I'm saying. Like you've trained them, they've been yeah. efficient, and they've been you know well on their way of doing this. And now you notice it's a reversal. Like that's a mm. child, a young child, because they can't articulate their emotions very well. It comes out in, in symptoms and not paying attention in class, misbehaving in school, not following the rules. You know, that could all be signs that my baby could be dealing with some trauma or, and a lot of what a lot of us, when I say us of color, don't yeah. recognize there are academic mental illness, just dyslexia, mm -hmm. there's ADHD. And we just think that the child is acting bad in school. Oh my God, they know it better to go to school than embarrass me. And the teacher told them to sit yeah. down and be quiet and they talking and they're not doing their work. Oh, I'm gonna I'm a beat their tail when they get home. Mm -hmm. And you beat their tail for seven days and then another seven days and another seven days and nothing changed. Yeah. The child got ADHD, the child is dyslexia. And you're not handling the issues, which both can be managed. Both mm -hmm. they can allow the child to have a successful academic career and a successful life. Life, however, if you do not handle it, just ADHD, dyslexia. If you don't handle it, get them the proper treatment. They're going to be your 12, 13 year old suspended from school 300 times in one school year put into uh, alternative school, drop out of school and be selling drugs on the street because they mm -hmm. are so behind because they did not get the accommodations they need because a dyslexic person can learn just like any other. They just yeah. learn differently. And so how, how can you with this Lexia, how can you um, what are some of the signs for that? I mean, I know like you read stuff backwards, but mm -hmm. a, a lot of it is the writing. Even not just reading backwards, but they're writing. They might write um, 23 and they might be 3-2. Like just the, the writing backwards. And then they they might, their comprehension of stuff might be a little off. It's somewhat there, but it's a little off. And it's like, mm, something isn't quite right. Um, so... I, I know someone that was severely dyslexic, but they thought he was just a, a bad kid. Mm -hmm. And so mom pushed the school to, you know, figure out what is going on. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they came to find out. And they had to color coordinate stuff so that he could focus just on that to learn it. But he learned, graduated from high school, with college. You know, that's mm -hmm. how he studied in college was color-coordinated index cards, you know? And yeah, I think, I think the first time we heard about that was from the Cosby show when Theo. Yes, there you go. Yes, yes. <laughs> so and things are like that, or ADHD, and I always tell parents with ADHD, it's like, I don't need to, my kid just needs to sit down and just learn, and I'm not putting them on no medication, which is yeah. fine. This is all your right as a parent. But this is what I want you to, to, to think about. When you're trying to study what say when you were in college and you're trying to study or you're trying to concentrate on your your favorite show on tv and there's constantly noise the kids are screaming the other room have music going all day long the neighbors are constantly ringing your doorbell and then you have husband in the other room talking on the phone all at the same time while you're trying to concentrate on studying for your statistic exam or concentrate on your favorite tv show 
Now you're freaking out in that moment, right? You're mm-hmm. like, be quiet, stop. Be da, da, da. Now that kid has that every day by the teachers trying to teach how to do one plus one or two times two. Oh, wow. Now you tell me if they can just sit there and learn. No. Without any <laughs> assistance. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. Give them some help so they can now be in position that they can say, let me focus. So what if, and you brought up a good point, what if the parent doesn't want to put their child on medication? Which a lot don't. They try a lot of natural which naturally there are some things that help reduce gluten-free, sugar, of course, yes. those things does, that does. Heighten they it, do have, yeah. yeah, they heighten it. However, if you don't put your child on medication, you got to make sure you bring some true accommodations, such as your child. Maybe you put your child in a private school where there's less kids. There's no there's not 30 kids. They might be 10 or 15 kids. You make sure when you come home, you exert your child energy by you definitely take them out to the park. You definitely go for a run. You, you provide activity in their life and then you provide the environment that is safe, that is calm, that is that is quiet for them to study and do their homework. And you might have to, you'll be the one that's very involved that we're mm-hmm. going to work and study for 45 minutes. And then you got to give your child a break to clear their mind and do whatever they want to do for 15 minutes. Then we come back and finish up another 45 or 30 minutes. So you're going to have to be a parent that is really, and which is no problem with a parent that is truly involved, involved. and is going to work, which <laughs> is not a whole lot of our parents. Yeah, and because it, it's not something that because the child is going to get older and become an adult, so it's not something that, or is it something that they can grow out of? Is that something or that I stays? have a fifty-five-year-old man that is on Ritalin, very yeah. successful man, very extremely successful technology, everything, very successful. But he is on Ritalin, so he can focus. I had a seventy-something-year-old okay. woman that is ADHD. Mm, okay so it is okay yeah but the thing about it is you remember life evolves yeah so you no longer have to at 77 you retire you no longer have to concentrate only when you want to concentrate so you might not be on medication unless you work everybody else's nerve because you're all over the place (laughs) (laughs) however but you don't have to take it because there's no need for you to sit and have to focus but if you want to probably be have company and people enjoy being around you you might want to take some medication. I got you. (laughs) Okay. So we talked about like some of the signs from like a very young child. Now do those signs vary like from like a a very small child to like a preteen to like a teen or are they pretty much the same? Well, a young child, as I said, there's very limited, Mm -hmm. more of the detachment, the crying or the clinkiness. Now let's go to that preteen stage. Now, what get mixed and mingled is just a preteen hormonal behavior, mm-hmm. such as puberty. I don't be around, kind of yeah, I don't want to be around mom and daddy. Oh my god, mom and dad is not cool. Oh my god, why are you talking to me like that, mommy? You know that disobedient yeah. kind of thing. We get it kind of enmeshed, but we got to be mindful that we don't do that because those are that rebellions, that um, that that sense of I'm not valued, you know. Oh, the little girls go through that stage that they don't think that they're pretty anymore. You know, things of that nature. Not valued, that they don't think that they're pretty, they're not accepted. 
Oh, and the friends don't like me. Oh, and that's just the stage you're going through. But a lot of that are the signs. You got to be able to, that's why you got to be in tune with your kids because you got to be able to know the difference between it's just normal teenager things that kids mm-hmm. go through and grow and develop. And then opposed to this is my child is dealing with some anxiety. Mm-hmm. My child is dealing with some pressure. Your child is always isolated. Um mm-hmm very isolated don't want to talk to anybody wearing um another side because we got to look out as parents is for some self-harming behaviors um the cutting uh they're always wearing long sleeve shirts and it's 90 degrees outside sweatshirts hoodies now there's some people that that's their style yeah but be mindful on the other hand make sure your child be in tune with your child to make sure they're not covering up stuff um, they're always sleeping a lot. Now, there's a level that teenagers sleep, but they're always sleeping a lot. And friends ask them to go somewhere. They don't want to go. They they were very academically successful. Straight A and B students. They turned 14. The grades began to drop. They, they began to struggle in school. Um, they began to uh, get suspended from school. Behavioral things began to change. They began to become disobedient to all to your rules. Mm-hmm. Like those are all signs for the teenager years that your child could be dealing with some depression, some trauma, some anxiety. So what? Okay. So what? What can be? What? Okay. Okay, Kalani, form your words. <laughs> <laughs> What are some things that can happen if the trauma goes unchecked? So if the trauma goes unchecked, the future is very challenging. Um, Some of it is definitely suicide, suicidal ideation, suicide attempts um, comes into play. And then drugs, because they got to find, you got to remember the body is going to figure out how to cope because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's going to figure out how to cope when it's too much, right? And it's just a matter of the body figuring out the healthy way to cope. So self, self-harming is a way people are not trying to kill themselves when they self-harm, when they cut their cut themselves, but it can kill themselves because they can cut an artery yeah. and, and die, but they're coping. They're relieving some stress. They're relieving some pressure. They feel relieved when that cut happens or when they burn themselves. Um, suicide, they figure like that's a way to cope out of the overwhelming stress they have. Um, drugs, I get to escape for five minutes from the pressure, from the trauma, from the nightmares and flashbacks that I'm constantly having or or whatever so negative that's going on in in the home um i get to escape from it so drugs and then another thing is i know people don't like to hear this but they can join games Mm. because they feel accepted they feel wanted and guess what they feel like it's the normal it's normal because guess what the people in game they look just like them yeah they're dealing with everything they're dealing with and more yeah. So they're normalized in their thinking, in their behavior. So, and then if we go past the teenagers' years and it's untreated, let's look at adulthood. Because there are some people that their coping skill is avoidance. 
which mean they act like these feelings, they numb themselves to those feelings. They put them in the freezer and let them go real, real frozen. Okay. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You got to open that freezer one day and yeah. you're trying to get the chicken wings and that thing fall out and start defrosting. Okay. And your mm-hmm. whole world fall to pieces. So we go into adulthood because you avoided all those six experiences because you overcompensated and became extremely successful academically. You are a 4.0 student. You went to college. You got a full ride to college and you excelled in your, you was a track student. Like you excelled academically. Oh, and you're the top of the ladder in your career. You overcompensate Mm -hmm. until you decide, guess what? I want to invite some people into my world. I want to date. I want to get married. I want to have some children. And then, because that requires vulnerability. That requires the unthawing of those feelings. And so then you start to recognize you can't trust people. Then you start to recognize that you are paranoid. Then you start to recognize that, oh my gosh, that I am very depressed. I'm very moody. My moody is totally dysregulated. If they say one thing, I'm a... I snap at them and then it's a whole argument. I had so a, basically um, you could be in a relationship with some with someone and um because you know they're snapping at you and they're you know doing this and that and you're thinking like oh my god it is really argumentative but that could be some trauma that they haven't dealt with. Mm-hmm. I have a participant. I had a participant that had, when I say extreme trauma, but extremely successful, extremely successful. Um, But she was trying to start trauma therapy, EMDR therapy, um, because it was so extensive. And over so many years, she numbed it. Because when you numb stuff, it becomes into your subconscious that you're like, oh, I really don't remember what happened. So EMDR is a really good, technique to utilize for those type of traumas and she was trying it and she was becoming a very evil person she would sit in the room in the middle of the room and just cry Mm. and very evil to her boyfriend and he was like what is going on with you what is wrong with you because he'd never seen it he's been dating her for two years and she decided i need to tap into this what's going on with me because she knows it's been hidden and it scared her so she stopped it and you know, I, I convinced her that she needs to go back in and open that door because it follows you. Yeah. It don't go away. So, okay. So a parent could be listening to us and they might notice some things like, okay, that's kind of sound like my child. Mm-hmm. So what steps can they take to um, get help for their child? I would definitely say find you a therapist. Mm-hmm. ASAP. But I do want to give them the NSBE, which is our National Alliance Mental Illness um, Organization. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it can give you a wealth. I'm about to give you the, um, the number right about now. But it gives you a wealth of resources. You tell them what is going on. They can give you support groups. Because um, sometimes with teenagers, it does support groups works a little bit better as a door open than individual therapy. 
Okay. And if they go to like a group where they hear people that have some of the same situations. Mm -hmm. And and another thing before I do this, another thing I want to tell those parents, they think that if I get them in a group, oh my God, they're going to learn worse things than what they're doing right now. And then, oh my God, they're just self-harming. Now they're going to learn suicide attempts. And I just want you to know if you stay on that journey, your kid's going to learn. They're going to escalate because the self-harming, when you're dealing with depression, and is unresolved or depression, it can it, it can almost go. Okay, so what I told I mean, Miss uh, K was talking before we came on, and mm-hmm. I was just telling her about a it's a a chemical called oxytocin, which is O X Y T O C I N. You can look it up, but it's a hormone that is is developed even through conception. While the mom is carrying the baby, as the child grows up, it's a, it's a chemical that's developed. And if the child starts to experience some negative experiences, such as they could be experiencing domestic violence in the home, being sexually abused as a child, physically abused, neglect, abandonment, that oxytocin chemical development is slowed down. And that hormone is called love home hormone, which it helps you to figure out how to handle stress. Mm-hmm. And that that chemical can actually develop. There's people, because you see people every day that have, once they tell you their story, we know Jesus is definitely a one that can help us. But when they tell you their story, you're like, oh my gosh, how are you here today? Yes. And you know, they may have developed, they have had a sense of a strong oxytocin chemical developed that they can create healthy ways to manage stress. But when that that opportunity is constantly disturbed because they're constantly experiencing trauma and stress, it never develops to where it should be that when stress happens, that they can handle it appropriately. But then when it's not developed, they go and figure out the body is going to figure out a way to get this uncomfortable, overwhelming feeling to subside, even if it's just for five minutes, it's going to figure out a way. So with that being said, um, parents, if you don't go get your child help, they're going to, because the, the, the stress of life is going to heighten because as you keep living, stress heightened, your job stress increased, relationship yeah. increased, you become a parent. That's another level of stress. So it's best to get them the help why is manageable where the stress is maybe just school and peers It's not the stress of being able to take care of themselves and the stress mm. of, you know, having a child that they're responsible for. So while they are young and a teenager, get them the help where there's a level of manageable stress. Um, so I want to throw out the, um, give them the NSBE, the national, um, Alliance for Mental Health um, number. Okay. And that um, number is, as soon as my phone gives me the um, number, uh, is thinking. Okay. Uh, I need the national number. Let me see here. Here we go. Um, here we go. The national number is one eight zero zero nine five zero six two six four. Once again, okay. is eight hundred nine five zero 
And you can also call that number and chat. Um, and as parents, and I, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have the number in the um in the episode description. Okay, good. And as parents, I want to talk to parents too because we're talking about family matters. This is a family affair. It's not mm -hmm. just the child that is dealing with the trauma. It's not the child just dealing with the abandonment. And parents, we think that if it's not a big thing, my child hasn't been physically abused. My child hasn't been sexually abused but their father is not active in their lives. Um, their mother is not active in their lives. That means a lot. You might be an amazing parent, but that still means so much to that child because they want both their parents. Mm -hmm. it, as, as ridiculous as the mom may be, as horrible as the dad may be, they want both their parents. And that child internalizes that parent that's not in their lives and figure like they're not good enough. They feel like I am, you know, I'm rejected. So if my own mommy rejected me, if my own dad rejected me, why wouldn't everybody else reject me? And if you don't teach or not teach, but process with that child on the rejection, that child is not going to be able to handle the rejection of life because life is mm -hmm. going to happen. You're going to go through mm -hmm. an interview and get rejected. <laughs> You're mm -hmm. not going to get every job you go for an interview. Mm -hmm. But then they they don't handle that rejection as a child from their parents. They go to that job interview and get rejected. Now they're getting back into internalizing. And then that's, you know, you might end up, I know it sounds ridiculous, but you end up with that, oh, I got the bottle of, of vodka at home. Yeah. I got that weed at home. I got that crowd at home. It don't reject me. Yeah. So you go home to what don't reject you. Or you got that, that girlfriend or wife that you, you know, you may afraid of you by beating her she's not gonna reject you because you beat her and control her that i can go get what i can control so it's no such thing as a little thing as right. a child every little piece makes that child a healthy adult and you know what and i thought because like my 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 bio dad wasn't in my life like that um mm -hmm. like my brother's father he really he's like he's like my father because he mm -hmm. was there you know when i'm sure he was there when i was little before my brother was born so mm -hmm. um but and i had my grandfather too so you know i wasn't like that promiscuous you know trying to find a you know father figure type um person or the adult growing up but i did notice like a pattern with me um when it comes to men and attention like, you know, just not just any man, you know, like I wasn't like, I, I didn't like attention to be put on me per se, but I don't know, like if a guy I was interested in or something like that, you know, um, uh, I don't know. It, I just really like wanted his attention, his attention. And I, like I said, I noticed it was like years ago when I, I noticed like a pattern I asked, cause I am a Christian and I asked right. God, I was like, what is this? And mm -hmm. he just broke it down. Like, you know, um, that, that comes because you didn't get that from your father. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. like, ah, you know, like I said, it, it's, 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 I'm all good now, but I really, I, I, I noticed it like, what, what, how come I keep, you know, seeking this? What's going on? So, you know, it may yeah. not end it, it may not shown up in another way, but it, uh, another way it did. So I, I see yes. the importance yes. of it. Yes. Yeah. I, and another thing um, 
the role that parents play, they are affirmers. That is your first mm. line of affirmation. If you knew everybody in the world rejected you, your parents gonna say, baby, you can sing. I listen to you all day, play that violin. You know, and you probably sound crappy. <laughs> right. But your parents are your first zone of affirmation. And when you don't have that, what you, you're going to search because our human nature, we are designed to be affirmed. We're going to search for it. It's not that mm-hmm. you wanted every man to want and date and go out with. You just want them to say, you're, you know, a certain caliber, you're pretty. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, you're amazing. You wanted to hear that because that's what daddy, that's what mommy's supposed to do. I have a client that is in her, I want to say 40s, very successful girl, lady married two kids but do you know what she has in the back of her mind because her mom was not there her mom didn't raise her grandma raised her Mm -hmm. she's afraid that she's going to be a horrible mother and she's an amazing mother she has that fear it 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 can almost overtake her that fear of i just gotta be the best mom i gotta be the best mom yeah i gotta be the best mom and it's like that's a lot of pressure on yourself because you won't allow yourself to make a mistake as a mom and you just, mm-hmm. I mean, you're human. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to have to be like, yeah. baby, mommy, sorry. Because mommy just made a mistake. You know? Right. You don't and know everything. <laughs> right. And it's okay. But you can't, you get, you're not getting because you are so afraid of being your mom that you can't. You, you, you leave yourself, yourself no space. Yeah. So that girl, this was, was good. And I know it's like so much. But yeah, it is. Just, it's a lot. I know it's a lot, but this is just, you know, enough to, Mm -hmm. um, to, to the parents. Like if you are suspecting that some trauma is Mm -hmm. going on with a child at a young age, at an adolescent age, at a teenage age, um, you know, get, get the help that they they need and don't let it go unchecked because it it can affect the whole family unit. Exactly. Exactly. Please, please do not be afraid of professional help. It does not mean, as we would say in our community, you crazy, you going to the nut house. No, it just means you need to sort out some things Mm -hmm. and put it all on the plate and see what your options are on how to deal with it. Amen. (laughs) Look, amen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Patsy, thank you so, so much. Um, Do you, you do, um, okay, I couldn't recall. Do you do virtual um, appointments. I, I do. I am um, in the process of working to get on some insurance panels. Uh, a okay. lot of I, I do a couple now. They're self pay, but I'm working on that. I'm in the process okay. of now getting on those insurance panels to be virtual. Yep. Okay. All right, yes, sir. So, thank you so thank much. You. This was so ne- so much so needed in our community, and yes. you, you all. So, like I said, this this series is something that was just on my heart. And mm-hmm. I really, we're going to tackle different relationships of the family, like mother-daughter relationships, mm-hmm. um, um, dating, uh, if you're a single parent, dating, and um, even, um, you know, this is other aspects of the of the family. So Exactly, exactly. It's Everything so important. It's so important. So thank you, you all. Subscribe. Don't forget to share. If you know someone that is... Um, probably going through this or you suspect that they're going through this mm-hmm. let them see this let them see this um let they listen mm-hmm. to this this is some good information because you know I, i'm sure you want to save your child's life That's or right. a child that you love you know mm-hmm. life so 
Mm-hmm. Get, get that child some some help, okay? Yes, yes. Yeah. And thank you, um, guys. Thank you. And we will don't don't hang up yet, um, okay. Pam. And okay. I will see the rest of you all next week with a brand new episode um of Family Matters. And we're gonna we're just gonna go there. Okay. Yay. All right. Bye everybody. Bye. Oh, let's go. Let's go. It's time to turn up your radio. Turn up the radio. Just so you just so you know. You kicking in with K. That's all I'm gonna say. You're here now.